Welcome to the Ladies Who Launch. Join Alyssa and Dakota every other Wednesday as we launch conversations about the chaos that is life. Tune in every other Wednesday and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Well, it's a new week, Alyssa, and uh, it's already March. What the heck happened? I don't even know. I don't know either. Where is this year going? (laughs) Anyways, we've got a really exciting episode for you guys today. We've got our first guest ever on our show. Super excited to welcome Dakota's friend, Tanya Kaszewski. We'll talk about her in a little bit, intro her, but to start off like we do, let's have our lady rant of the day. So, Alyssa, what do you want to rant about today? I think sort of in going with uh, um, what, we're talking to Ta- what we're talking to Tanya about today, we were discussing earlier, and we're ranting about how we don't take our own advice. And as consultants, we are always giving such awesome advice to our clients on a daily basis, but why don't we ever take that advice for ourselves? And why, like, we're like the shoemakers with our shoes. Is that the, mod- or is that the, I don't know uh, if I've ever heard that, but I like it. <laughs> um, like we don't, we don't uh, have our own shoes because we're too busy making shoes for other people. So um, I'm hoping today that we can delve into that a little bit with uh, Tanya in terms of creating our own um, leadership and how we sort of lead ourselves even, um, not yeah. even just teams, but yeah, like, I don't know why I can't listen to myself. And yeah, like just not listening to yourself, period, right? Like you're exhausted, but you keep going. Yes. You're not getting enough sleep yet. You're scrolling on your phone till one in the morning. Yeah. The phone thing. That's a whole other lady rant in itself. Like get off the phone. That's mine. That's mine too. Right. Anyway, anyway. Um, that's our rant for today. So hopefully we can come up with some, uh, (laughs) some coping skills as we uh, chat with Tanya today. So anyway, um, as Dakota mentioned, this is, uh, her friend Tanya, who is an awesome lady. And I'm just meeting you for the first time today, which is so cool. So it's kind of a, uh, I'm learning about everything that you would be telling your clients and your staff. But uh, Tanya is, uh, it's Tanya Kaszowski. Let's all just take a moment. Tanya (laughs) Kaszowski. She's the executive director of Brown Bagging for Calgary Kids, which is an awesome nonprofit charity in this city that um, makes lunches for underprivileged kids. And what do you do about like 4,000 a day? We're about 5,000 a day now. 5,000 a day. And she also runs a consulting company called Tiny K Consulting. And that's what we're going to talk to her about today. She's created a bit of a process, a leadership process that um, she utilizes both in her organization as the executive director, but she also uh, utilizes in, in with her clients. So I'm going to kind of let you lead this in terms of, as I said, I'm just meeting you. So I want you to tell me a little bit about what this is and how it came to be, this process that you've created. Sure. I will start off by saying it's a practice. Practice. Because okay. I'm also stressed and exhausted and overwhelmed <laughs> today too. And Tanya can lady rant with us too. Reminding myself of all those things that we are supposed to practice and that we're trying to help influence people. So um, yeah, so Tanya K Consulting and the practice of people-centered leadership really started out of my own um, learning and experience failures and successes and just the years of this sort of intuitive uh, practice of leadership sort of always found myself in a place of um, seeing an opportunity or a need or a gap in something, getting people together to then fill that gap or, or make a, make a difference or make an impact. 
And so just through my years of that practice and then added with some uh, leadership certifications and experiences and um, some education, just started really saying, what's the, what is the heart? What is the core of a leadership practice that is more authentic, as vulnerable, as real, I think is more impactful, more sustainable um, and imperfect, right? So perfect. Interesting. Yeah. We're all, we're all doing that imperfect piece in our businesses or whatever we're doing. So, so when you're working, when you're working with a client, whether, I mean, do you work mainly with independents or do you work with organizations as well? And what would be the difference in how you tackle each of those pr- practices? So, so as the, as the practice of people centered leadership, so where I get to practice it is at Brown bagging. Right. So seeing where I get to do, I get to, um, put that into practice. It, like I said, even in some of the failures, like it's people, it's not like we have it all figured out. Right. Lots of learning curves and grow, growing pains, all that when you're dealing with people and whatever the work that every, any organization or business is doing. And then beyond that, it's really about, um, what I love is sort of that opportunity to, help inspire or be a provocateur in thinking how we can do leadership different. So then doing some workshops um, and speaking with groups of people. I think that is the most impactful place. If you can get a team of people to kind of all be thinking all the same thing, having some similar language, seeing that they can do it differently. How do they um, step into learning to listen to yourself together? Because it's, it's great if one person wants to do that, but then what if the other person next to you is not wanting to engage in that as well? Um, so it's it's then working with groups of people, if that's the opportunity, to then how do you do some of these practices together so you can kind of go on this learning curve and this journey together as a team or a company? If it's one person, two people, five people, whatever it might be. So that's interesting because, I mean, we've all worked in workplaces with various different uh, personality types and obviously different job positions want different things, right? Like accountants aren't mm-hmm. as outgoing or as interested in sort of being leaders. Maybe yeah. that's wrong, but yeah. then marketing people, I just sort of equate that. So when you're talking and you're dealing with your diverse staff at your organization currently, how do you get that buy-in? Like, so how do you frame these sessions that it's not sort of like people aren't like, oh, this mamby pamby, yeah. whatever. Like, how do you put it into actual day-to-day actionable things for people? So, yeah, so buy-in in general, I would say, is about um, giving people a purpose or the why behind it uh, on anything we're doing, in, in any work that we're doing. If people understand the purpose of the why, they'll buy in and they'll be engaged a little bit more, even if they're a little bit resistant or they're a little bit slower to change. Um, and then I would say from there, not everybody will buy in. The reality in our world is that there's many perspectives and I would probably say um, there's even people that I work with or people in my organization that have different levels of awareness or or how comfortable they are in certain aspects. Some people's mindset is really, I I go to work or I'm an entrepreneur and I just do that and I don't want to build a relationship or be authentic or be vulnerable. You know, or um, I just want to go do my work and then go home and that's that's it. I don't want to learn about maybe listening to myself or what is my purpose or what are my values or how do I care for my team? I just want to go and do that. So um, I think like anything in life, it's really right. about there's going to be people that will, are curious and interested and want to, want to be thinking those ways and other ones that are going to just... Um, either be slow, a slower adopters right. or not want to change 
at all. I think I'm just going to jump in for a second here, Tanya. Um, that's, that's a really kind of good dive into what it is that uh, Tanya Kay and people-centered leadership is, is all about. But my biggest curiosity today is really right now, things are not great here in Alberta. People are exhausted. They're overworked. Um, they're getting laid off. Like we're, we're in, it's not great. Um, how are you seeing, are you seeing like an impact in your clients and your organization because of that? And if so, how are you applying people centered leadership in a way that's kind of keeping people on the up and up despite the fact that it's really not Mm -hmm. good times. So probably a few different angles I'll take to respond to that, Dakotas. Um, so in brown bagging, yeah, we have seen a huge increase in need. So we have doubled our numbers of need for kids that are hungry in our city the last few years. Mm-hmm. Definitely due to yeah. the economic downturn. Families are working hard and they're struggling to make ends meet. Right. So we're seeing that. Um, and then the impact, what that has. So that has on the teachers that are working with these kids. Right. Um, administration staff that are working with these kids, any context of organizations or agencies that we're working with mm-hmm. that are, are, are dealing with all the impact of right. families struggling because if the child is struggling, yeah, very, very strong possibility. Those parents are struggling. Right. And then that, what the impact of, of that on mental health and all those yeah. pieces it just multiplies, multiplies, right. Yeah. The ripple effect of that. So right. we see, so we see that um, in terms of our, in terms of our downturn, and then how does that impact us as an organization? So we're independently funded. Mm-hmm. We are then going out to community where lots of nonprofits are, mm-hmm. are um, trying to get the same amount of trying money. To get the same amount, trying to get the same money, trying to sort of fight for those. And I don't even like using the word fight, but trying to present their causes. And there's lots of need in our city for the, for the money that's available mm-hmm. either in government or outside of government. We are not government funded, so we are independent community funded. So sort right. of then advocating for those dollars for the work that we're doing, because we do believe in the work that we're doing and the impact it has. Yeah. Um, and then, so then you're going into companies or organizations that, you know, maybe lots of staff turnover mm-hmm. there. Do they have the charity dollars to give because they've maybe laid off staff or they've, um, you know, they're cutting back in budget right. on different areas. Yeah. Uh, how does that impact? those people that you're going in to say are you willing to fund us mm-hmm. when uh, or offer a grant or some sponsorship of some sort but when you've actually just laid off somebody right a day ago right and so just being sensitive to that and aware of that that that's the world that we're kind of going into yeah and then if I kind of then relate it back even inwardly a little more to to the practice of people-centered leadership at, leadership at Brown Begging is um, really some of those pieces for us is you know knowing just open, honest, authentic conversations, owning our mistakes, owning, being transparent with the struggles, um, with the successes, um, being clear to the team on what's happening Mm -hmm. in the economy, in the organization, what we're doing. Transparency. The transparency is huge in that. Um, And I would say uh, we are, the work that we do at Brown Bagging, so as a team, right, we have a we very, very, very much connect to the purpose right. that keeps us connected has got us through a lot of changes and growth and difficulties the last couple of years. Right. So again, that's why that's a key part of people-centered leadership is that purpose piece. Yes. But then um, then just letting the people be part of that story, everybody doing what they can you know, yeah. giving a different maybe motivation at times to what you're the work you're doing. And that can be inside of um 
at Brown Bagging or even outside. So, so those teachers that are struggling, so we kind of now come fo- back full circle, right. kind of going around in circles yeah. here, but no, they come right. back, you know, with that, the impact of the downturn and we come full circle to those teachers. And what can we do as people going in to help support their kids to yeah. even just take a couple minutes yeah. to see those teachers, hear them, thank them. Right. Connect with them or a corporation to say thank you for like genuinely yeah. thank you for what you're doing and the impact and let the people know they've made a difference. So if you look at all those pieces, I think yeah. in the downturn, it's seeing people, validating them, connecting them, offering right. gratitude, yeah. offering hope, offering purpose yeah. yeah, in all that we're doing, even for you guys as entrepreneurs. I'm sure those days where you're struggling with what's happening in the economy and the impact mm-hmm. it's had on your businesses, right. you know, so then yes. finding, yes. <laughs> right? I'm sure. Yeah. And our clients, right? And yeah. I think, so yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's good. Yeah. I, I think that's amazing. And I think so I've been working with, this is uh, Dakota, I've, I've been working with Tanya now for almost two years mm-hmm. and I've learned so much through her in how I just want to live my life. And to me, people-centered leadership and the practice of people-centered leadership is almost like a diet change. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to live and breathe the practice in your own life if you're, if you're going to adopt it for work. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big piece for me when I was just starting off um, as a practitioner years ago, one of my previous bosses gave me some really amazing advice that you should always do things and things for others. You should always like lead with purpose for others and do things for others without ever expecting anything back. Mm -hmm. And she said, this will help you threefold in your networking and just your breadth of who you know. Um, And it'll come back to you in spades if you don't expect anything, right? So just that practice of listening to people and um, being kind and being allowing people to be vulnerable with you. But then in that same vein, Tanya, how do you draw the line between allowing someone to be vulnerable with you? Like, let's say it's a staff member, but also keeping it professional. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Yeah, I would say with that, um, for one, as a leader, um, knowing sort of knowing where your places are and where your span of care is. So I do practice a vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and, and the line I know within my team, even like I know those people that are sort of my immediate on my leadership team. Those are the places where I know it's, it's safer to be more vulnerable mm-hmm. because there's a, um, there's a, an awareness to the work we're doing. So we know we're getting the job done. The results are mm-hmm. still happening. We know the strengths and weaknesses of each other. We know how we can support, we can push, we can, back off on that Mm -hmm. um so i think knowing where those vulnerabilities are Mm -hmm. is one piece so it doesn't have to be everybody right right? and knowing the safe places and how where you can do that um and then yeah so drawing the line i would say yeah it's just the same as is knowing Mm -hmm. um to what extent and also then where as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. or as a leader where you go right so um you might might only be certain people Mm-hmm. Right in that in your circle of the most important people. I know Brene Brown talks about mm-hmm. you know whose opinions matter. It should be a small handful of people whose opinions truly matter, and maybe who even sees all that full you know that full vulnerability, that full you know raw or where you can it's safe to fall and be seen, mm-hmm. um, and knowing kind of to, it's a balance, knowing the, the the balance of that. So you want to a staff or somebody you're working with wants to share that vulnerability with you, mm-hmm. uh, which is excellent because I would probably 
suggest that you've shown some vulnerability to them yeah. to make it safe for that to be open. And then um, knowing where, knowing, knowing then in your, even checking your own intentions. So let's yeah. listening to yourself. So where, how are you going to let that impact you or affect you? Mm-hmm. You know, I think right now in our world of mental health mm-hmm. and we talk about that. So we know that people are struggling with different Mm-hmm. mental health concerns and are working hard on that and we want people to be seen in that truly yeah. seen yeah. but then how does that impact i know this person is struggling but i also know they have a job to do and results to accomplish right. um so then how do you treat them still as humans with some, some compassion yeah but still but still hold them accountable right and so it's a balance of i think Am I answering your question like yes. yeah. that line yes. yeah no you're definitely answering the question for sure Um, yeah, no, I, I think I've just always kind of struggled with like, when am I allowed to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with a leader or a boss, um, or somebody that oversees me and when am I not allowed? Mm -hmm. And frankly, for most of my life, I never really felt safe to do so. Alyssa, I don't know, same thing, like with a boss, but I know when I was going through my divorce, um, well, before I was going through my divorce, as I was kind of thinking about it, I did work with a really fantastic boss who allowed me to cry in her office yeah. about it. Right. But then we like made a plan to make sure it was going to, wasn't going to impact work. Yeah. But that was really the only time I've ever been able to feel vulnerable at work. But you Cause you feel like a failure. Like you feel like it's not okay to be open with your leaders because you don't want them to judge you. Yeah, that's true. And I think if I look back on my career too, um, the older you get, the less concerned you are about like upsetting your boss. So you're much more open about what your, your concerns are, especially work-wise. Um, like I, I've, I've never really been the type to, uh, to bring my personal stuff to work. I'm usually pretty good with that, but I'm very, especially later in my career is very open and vocal about the stresses of the job I was in myself. And I felt that was a very safe place to be vulnerable and to be able to go Mm -hmm. in and have a session with your, your boss about like, what was happening in your job. Cause quite honestly, when you think about it, a lot of the stressors in your jobs or your job that you're doing on a day to day are probably exacerbated or in relation to things going on in your personal life. So you don't have to go in and like cry about your divorce. Mm -hmm. You can cry (laughs) and like express like frustration at other staff members or frustration about your job and it'll help you cope with your Mm -hmm. divorce that's going on in your personal life. So Mm -hmm. I, I find that it's an age thing and maybe that's just me too, that I'm, I'm way more confident now than I would have been like when I started my career at 22 or 24. Yeah. We work, we worry less about what other people think of us as we get older, right? And if we would have had that wisdom yes. when we were younger, a lot just, of things would have been different. A lot of things would be different, yeah. which is just, I think, life and everybody's yeah. in that place. But I think to Dakota's point, um, in sort of the the old school structure, and I mean, we um, she worked in in PR, and I've done more corporate communications in my career, but it's still a very patriarchal and hierarchical system in any job. It doesn't matter the sector or the organization. And so I think there's still a bit of women in particular feeling that they have to not show 
emotion or, and even I found, um, and it's interesting from your perspective, cause you're obviously, obviously a woman, like we are, <laughs> but you're a woman that runs an organization that is a, a nonprofit has other stressors and has a diverse staff. So I relate it back to how, um, like everybody talks about women in politics and how it, how women are viewed differently and, and they're, and people view people comment on their hair or their pantsuits more than they comment on policy. And I find it's the same in business where you as a, as a woman leader, do you have to show it? It must, it, it's gotta be harder to show that vulnerability because, Oh, she's emotional and Oh, she's yeah. this. Yeah. Man, I have so many things I could say. Right, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> right? Where to start. Yeah. Um, so a, a couple things is that, and um, that, is the pendulum is shifting. So I think we've come from this more top-down hierarchical, I will say maybe more um, right brain, male-centric yeah. style of leadership to uh, the, the, a more nurturing, left brain, collaborative, um, female. Yeah, female energy. Female energy yeah. side, side of leadership. I know people might... There's, there's. I know there's other words to, to yeah. identify that, but the, the pendulum is shifting. Look at the world. Um, I know Dakota and I have had conversations like, just look around in the last couple of years where you see the word love. Now on our Starbucks cups, on our Tim Hortons cups, on our oh, interesting, on yeah. our. Um, on our journey, in our journals, oh, jur- yeah, passion journals planners, now, yeah. passion planners. Um, you can go buy, you know, the packages of hummus and um, pretzel crackers at Safeway, and you open up the package, and what does it say? It says like "love your snack" or something like that. So you look at the wow. world, and, right? Yeah. So if you start looking at it now, Pendulum I know we had. Um, my husband and I had a, a like a sort of a challenge to find who could find the many hearts in in branding and marketing in the world, mm-hmm. right? Because like everywhere now, there's a heart. You That's can a love fun this. challenge. It is a fun challenge. That's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, I I think yeah. Like so, something Tanya and I are actually working on right now. Sorry, Tanya, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. There's lots um, to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. So. We all have this issue. It's fine. Yeah. It makes for great yeah. conversations. Three feminists around the table. Feminists. What happens? Yes, exactly. Um, so Chani and I have been working uh, recently a little bit on focusing on the shift in thinking that's just happening all around yeah. us, as she was just saying. Yeah. So how, you know, we are moving into more of a place in the workplace because of leaders like Brene Brown and Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek, Marie Forleo to this more vulnerable, I guess vulnerable is not the right word, but there's just this more heartfelt way of leading with your heart instead of with coercive control. Right. Um, And it really is great. But at the same time, I still think we have so far to go. Yeah. Recently, I brought on some consultants to work with me on my team and they are wonderful, incredible people, but I had such a hard time passing the, like, like passing the work onto them because I couldn't let go. And so that was one of my issues. And I'm not a controlling individual by any stretch. I definitely like to have control over things, but I don't like, I don't need to have control over people and the way that they do things. But I found myself having control over the way these contractors were doing the work. I couldn't let go. I wasn't able to lead from a place of heartfelt, heartfelt vulnerability. It was, it was more 
we have to get this done in this You way. became a dictator. I did. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and like nothing bad happened out of it. Um, what it, what really was was just a really great lesson in how to manage people. But I, I will say one of the hardest parts of owning your own business or being a leader is the management. Of, it's not the work. It's, it's not even the management of clients. It's the management of people and worrying if they're enjoying it and worrying if they're fulfilled. Um, so anyways, more on, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> we'll have to have Tanya back. But, uh, but yeah, I, working with Tanya has been so great for, for me because I check myself constantly. When I get up in the morning, I think to myself, am I leading with purpose today? Am I doing things intentionally? Am I, do I need to buy this thing? What is it going to bring me? Do I need to spend an extra hour on that thing that I could probably move to tomorrow? Mm. How do I prioritize? So it's, it's been really interesting working with you. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. And you as well, because it's, um, it's then helping to me because as a visionary, as a leader, yeah. and as this person that wants to help make that difference and, and inspire yeah. good and uh, influence a better way, a better way, I believe to do leadership. It's how do you kind of synthesize this to take home actionable items for people and how, what's yeah. the how of all this when it's sort of an innate intuitive yeah. style for me, I would say just if I comment really quickly mm-hmm. on your, you know, how, like the leading with people and not, sh- and the control or letting go of peace, mm-hmm. uh, I would even suggest letting that person know that's exactly what you're struggling with. And I have, yeah. I have, and it's funny. They don't the see response? it. They don't yeah. see it. They're like, Oh no, I don't, uh, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah. But for me, I feel like I feel that way, yeah. which is my yeah. issue. So then, then it would be, yeah, it's an internal thing. Yeah. What is it's getting yeah. you caught it? What's that trigger for you? That's the yeah. story in your own head. Right. That probably isn't actually the thing, the thing, right? Exactly. It's, it's the stories we get caught up in our own head that right. hold us back. And that and is one of my biggest challenges. And even as women, here right? What yeah. holds us back yeah. from wanting to yeah. lead and to do these things and to have this voice and because we're worried about they're going to comment on something or say mm-hmm. this or do all those things. Were we not just talking about that before you got here? Oh. <laughs> yes, we were. We were talking. Yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So we just have a little bit of time left here. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to cover off quickly before we wrap up? I think what I would like to say as we sort of wrap up and ask you is if you could give, um, it doesn't even have to be specifically women, but people in leadership or people aspiring to leadership, what are three things that they could look at doing tomorrow that are easily to sort of be able to transition into this more um, people-focused leadership? Mm-hmm. So... Um... So I'll just say really quick, the three pillars of the people-centered leadership is listening to yourself, knowing your purpose, and then caring for others. So those are the sort of three guiding pillars to how to practice this leadership. And then in that three actionable items, I would say is one, do take some time to listen to yourself, get curious with yourself. So that's just some introspective thinking. What, how, why am I feeling this way? What this energy is telling me this? Why am I getting really heated about the driver that just passed by me. (laughs) Yes. Right. What is that? What is that triggering? So one actual would just be get curious with yourself, really start paying attention to yourself. Sometimes I think that is getting away from the noise, finding three minutes in the day to get quiet with yourself, to breathe your thoughts, those kind of pieces, I would say it'd be one actionable item. Mm -hmm. I would say the next one would be, be willing to enter into that vulnerable conversation with, with in a safe place with either a direct leader or somebody else just to even share, you know, um, 
I saw, I noticed this and I'm curious about this. Oh, that's or, a good way to start that conversation. It's great. Yeah. There's lots of great ways to start those. You know, I noticed this, so it's not personal. It's about right. behaviors. Yeah. Um, and then the story in my head is this, can you just help, help me understand that? So that's often what I'll do when I see things with my leaders, uh, even in a, in a team meeting weekly, I'll say, so I saw this, the story in my head is this, come curious about what it is. And chances are, it's probably nothing that's in our Nothing that the story we're telling ourselves. Uh, yeah, because you've already thought in your, like you've worked something up in your you've head. Worked something yeah. up in your head because it's our own insecurities, yes. our own fears, our own egos, yeah. those kind of things. Um, and the next thing I would say so would be um, show gratitude or appreciation to yourself and to those around you. So tomorrow, say thank you to every single person on your team for something very specific that they've done. Thank you for showing up, uh, even though you're not feeling good. Thank you for showing up and working hard, even though you are going through a divorce. Right. Or yeah. you're having a bad day, you're not feeling good, or for doing that work so well, or for doing that work and failing. So finding a way, so an actionable, would, the third action will be just to find specific gratitude, appreciation to the people around you, um, because we all will show up and be our best selves when we're feeling appreciated and, and acknowledged and seen and valued. Uh, those are easy, well, simple, yeah. easy action items to implement. And I mean, I love that whole taking three minutes mm-hmm. of your day. And I love mm-hmm. the whole thought of like how we as individuals and people just immediately start thinking of the bad thing. Like I had somebody say to me once, um, uh, that they saw their best friend walking across like the street and they, they, they like yelled out like, Hey, Susie, like, and the person just kept walking and they immediately thought like, Oh, am I not a good friend? Like what? Like she didn't acknowledge, like, did I say something or whatever? And then it turned out Susie just had her headphones yeah. in and didn't hear, but like, we immediately go to the bad, like, like, what did I do? But, but, right. And yeah. so those are really interesting, but, mm-hmm. um, this was an awesome conversation. As I said, this has been super for me because to hear look, what Dakota has been talking about you forever. So it was great for me to, to see. And so um, anybody else that's listening um, can get in touch with Tanya on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Tanya K Y Y C. And she'll be able to uh, provide insight if you want to chat more about this send her a message and also be sure to check out uh, brown bagging for calgary's kids it's such an amazing organization they do great things in the community and i encourage anybody whether you're a corporation or individual like volunteer making sandwiches it's awesome and um but we appreciate you being here today and hopefully we can have you back sometime yeah thank you so much you guys are fantastic and i just want to say honestly all of us are just bloody exhausted this week. It's been a week. I just want to say thank you to both of you ladies for showing up. Um, and I just want to quickly add, uh, if you or your organization are feeling like your staff are disengaged and people are, the morale is really low. Honestly, Tanya K is your girl. She's your go-to. She can come in, do framework for you, presentations, workshops, She's very fun in her workshops. You get to play a lot of really interesting, fun games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've sat through a couple of them. They're, they're super engaging and excellent. And uh, Tanya has so much experience with this. So definitely reach out if you uh, want some support with that. Thank you again, Tanya, for coming. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Ladies Who Launch with Dakota and Alyssa. We drop new episodes every other Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. 